0: It's a perfect tip. from las vegas and the super bowl that's right it is the all city all nfl podcast and uh, we are live from i can't believe it las vegas nevada niners chiefs it's all here. Vegas, baby. The great Brian Baldinger. I'm Anthony Gargano. Because I came ready. It's Baldy I brought Huss. my dice. I brought my dice with me. He's straight up the NFL. Right here.
1: I, I love like it. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm ready. Like
1: I'm, I'm not allowed to actually roll dice, but I figure since I'm not allowed to, because right. I work for the NFL,
0: I'd at least have him as my cufflinks. <laughs> I mean, he looks great today, too. all sharp. This, this is, you know, usually we do our two guys locked in a smelly office, and now we're live at Media Row. Don't forget the uh, show is brought to you by Picks, Daily fantasy sports made easy. Use the promo code ALLNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. And of course, Factor. Factor meal kits. Meal delivery kits that take the stress out of meal prepping and planning. You can use our code ALLNFL50. You get 50% off your first order. That's right. Alright, so l- let's get deep into it because the big story is, is that Las Vegas, the Dateline itself. Yes. You you have been to I don't know how many Super Bowls. I've been Bowls to this?
1: Uh, every single Super Bowl since 1990. Wow. 35. Now, how about as in a working media capacity? But so just about every one. You know, I mean, yeah. I was still playing in 1990, but I was doing stuff uh, for the media back then. But probably media wise, since 1995. And you think it about was it. was in and, Miami. And I remember going
0: down there and the whole thing, yes. All, all these, all these datelines, right, like that make the Super Bowl special, mm-hmm. this big party, and you've seen it grow. Yeah. You know what's amazing? Like you've seen this thing when it was a football game. Yes. Right? Like it was an actual football game. And you've seen it explode and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And now – it's at its eight bucks. Well, okay, Las Vegas.
1: Look. My brother, my brother Gary, was with the Buffalo Bills for two Super Bowls, dressed and played. He was there for a third, but he, he was inactive. But anyways, his first one was nineteen ninety, Tampa Super Bowl twenty five, Buffalo and the New York Giants. I mean Buffalo Wide clinched right. yeah. Buffalo clinched the AFC championship uh, on a Sunday and Monday they were flying to Tampa, Florida. And they were, you know, checking into the Marriott Hotel and they played the game six days later. This is before this. Now this is all part of it. Was there a halftime show? I'm sure there was. Well, Whitney Houston sang the national okay, anthem that that's year. That's right, yeah. That was a legendary national anthem before that game. Uh, halftime, I don't really recall, to be honest with you, what it was. I mean, I should know, but I, I don't remember. But, you know. I don't even know if they had the
0: the big, or, you know, no, show. No, no, that was no half-time It wasn't show. like it
1: is now. I mean, I don't even know if it was 30 minutes the way it is now. And all the hoopla surrounding it and uh, the build up to, you know, Usher this year and whoever else, you know, out there with them that didn't exist. No. And so there's more media credentials that have been given out for the Super Bowl than ever. And the fact that it's in Las Vegas, which is basically the convention capital of the world. My parents lived here for 25 years. I've seen the city just s- sprout. You know, from the 80s to where it is now, and all the different. I'm staying at the Circa Hotel. The, the hotel is amazing. We love the Circa. The, I was at Barry's Steakhouse last night. I'm going back there again tonight. Well, that's it. listen, meat lockers. It's a meat locker. All right. Like, just give me the tomahawk. bone and ribeye. I'd it, bro. Bone and ribeye. I think that's they have a tomahawk. I'd it. It would be on my budget, you know, so I, I yeah. just went with a bone and ribeye. Well, yes.
0: we got Allie. Allie's going to pay for our, our bone and ribeye. Yeah, well, let's get that confirmed. All right. Yeah. Yo, Yo, Al.
1: The steak is on you. She's got a you long know? bar there. Yeah. I've got I've got, uh, champagne tickets. I love Three it. glasses of champagne will take Allie out. She's, yeah. she's the one that got us here for this
0: week. Yeah, and it is. But you know what? And we're going to get to uh, a little bit more destination football with our buddy uh, Vince from True Fan Travel is going to join us because we're going to have a little regular guest about travel, and it's something that's mm-hmm. near and dear to your heart. Yes. Because people don't know that his alter ego <laughs> – is the travel
1: doll? Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, it just dropped me <laughs> off in the middle of a country, it's preferably like in Central and South America, but I've been to 68 countries, so I might know my way around, I know the
0: cultures, I know uh, kind of where to go. In fact, that's kind of like, among many things, but we bonded years and years ago mm. over traveling and culture and because mm-hmm. I love it and same thing and, and so we always talk about it so we we're gonna, we're gonna dive into football culture and football traveling a little bit later but it is amazing that Las Vegas the relationship with the league uh and Las Vegas you know with gambling and mm-hmm. and how all of a sudden there was something very interesting I saw I, I read a piece in the New York Times about did we change Or did the league change? Like, did society change, right, its views toward gambling? Well, I think the the
1: success of the Vegas Knights in the NHL kind of broke in, and they put a great product on the ice, and they built a stadium, and they became— like one of the basically pillars of the NHL and they saw the the turnout and the success you know and now baseball is coming and the NBA is not far behind the NBA would have their summer leagues here like I just think they've seen other leagues come here and have success and a following and heck my mom was telling me the other day that they're building a bullet train from Los Angeles to Las Vegas two hours makes sense L- like you're gonna yeah. get West Coast people coming here yeah. Raider fans have always had their following oh yeah um you, well, know, you they, ask a lot of Raider fans they'll tell you it's LA was when they really
0: were no Raiders doubt. you know yeah
1: well I mean when they left Oakland yep. the first time came to LA uh, Howie Long and that group down there like they wanted a, a, a championship you know and but, but then you see the stadium you know where the Super Bowls, Allegiant Stadium is a testimony to Al Davis and everything that he stood for. It's a fantastic venue. Um, you know, this is—I think other things broke the mold and allowed the NFL to say, okay, we, we can come in here. All the conflicts that are there between the gambling and all the— like, we,
0: we can figure this out. Well, I also think that the country, like we as a people— have changed our view of it right yes. like uh, you know it, I mean you look at the relationship in Europe and it's it's always around it's been around forever yeah. in Europe right yeah. like in, you know you go to England all the time and yep. you see it in the UK and the the, mm-hmm. the pollers and all that stuff and so you know the minute you have digital and everything on, on the phone and this and that and you know the government gets involved and says all right well you know we'll take the tax dollars yeah
1: well I mean look to the, the, the gambling aspect in you know is changing state by state yeah like all not all 50 states have ratified it um but you know new york new jersey you know i mean they're 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 falling and it's going to be to the point where literally you can't get that income stream anywhere else that you can get from the gambling income streams, and so the states will follow, and I think this will help. This Super Bowl can help kind of break some of those
0: barriers that still exist in certain states. Uh, I think it can help break some of those barriers down. Well, and, and listen, it may have gotten destigmatized, but the other thing that Vegas was—Vegas was always about the glitz, the glamour, the show, right? And Super Bowl is has become that so it seems like a perfect marriage like if you're going to go big you're going to go to Vegas right like you're going to go to ornate glitzy you know over the top Vegas
1: well I'll tell you a story so my mom and dad were living in Long Beach California my dad had retired and he was doing like some work with the military whatever and But they had three sons that were playing in the NFL. Well, there was no direct TV. You couldn't watch us play. So they would come to Vegas every weekend to watch. To watch the sports. Wow. They come to the sports book. That's smart. They were coming in 1990. They were coming every game to every week to watch us play. Like, you know, Kansas City, Buffalo, Dallas, Philadelphia. yeah. So it, it got to the point where they started meeting people here in Las Vegas. And then they found out there was a lot of work. My parents ended up moving to Las Vegas when their three boys were all playing in the NFL and they could watch him. But they had this company, Mobile Travel, and Vegas and really Nevada was just blowing up with these casinos. So my mom and dad got hired by Mobile Travel. To come and do all of the inspections, like if you were a five-star hotel or you needed certain parameters to be a five-star hotel, they would rate all the hotels, and they rated all the restaurants throughout the state. So they went Carson City, they went Reno, Las Vegas, and they ended up living here in Las Vegas. They did mobile travel literally for like 12 years, and they
0: loved it. Oh, that's fantastic. They
1: got wined and dined. They saw every nice restaurant, and they saw all these games on Sunday.
0: And they got to see their boys. They got to see the boys. Three of them. Think about that. All right, parents, that you would have three sons play in the NFL.
1: Yeah, five years apart, you know, between me and my youngest uh, brother, Gary. But, yeah, my brother, Richard, you know, we both played 12 years, and my my brother, Gary, played seven. So we had 29 years of NFL experience. Uh, That's ball digger right there, baby. Yeah, before there were the Watts and some of these other, you know, families have had three. There was the ball diggers, We were the first one to ever have
0: three all play at the same time. That's fabulous. That is fabulous. All right, uh, we're going to get more about Super Bowl venues and travel a little bit later on. But I want to dive deeply into the quarterback comparison. Right? Yes. And I really want to talk about the Brock Purdy story. Yes, Because the Brock Purdy story is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the great American stories. And yet, for some reason, I think we're slow to embrace. Like, I, Like, I think we should be falling for this kid instead of... You know, I, I mean, we're almost... Fighting him. Yeah.
1: We're fighting him. We're fighting the story. It's, not, it's like, I mean, obviously, the the, the, the common term is you're haters. If you don't embrace somebody, you're haters. I don't, I don't think there's a hate. It's just that People think that because— They don't believe. Well, I mean, it it, it starts from, okay, Mr. Reveldin can't be this good. Right. A kid that looks like this can't be this good. A kid that played at Iowa State can't be this good. A team that everybody passed on for seven rounds is this good. I think there's a lot of that. And then Kyle Shanahan has had success with different quarterbacks. His dad had success with different— So somehow it's— Kyle Shanahan, it's Christian McCaffrey, it's Debo Samuel, it's George Kittle. These are the people and the players that are making this possible. And I fight against it. Like, I've been defending this kid. But I I go back because my first time I even heard of Brock Purdy, even the name Brock Purdy, I was doing Big 12 games for Fox Sports. So that takes takes, takes 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 you to Ames, Iowa, takes you to Iowa State. Um, and it's, it's a great venue. It, it's a tremendous place to go watch games. But uh, Matt Campbell came in there to be the head coach. And he came from Toledo and the MAC, And he— Great coach, by the way. Great coach. Still is. And, he, like, he runs the NFL system. And his tight ends coach is now with the Indianapolis Colts, blah, blah, blah. But I remember, I think in his second year, he recruited Brock Purdy. And he was a, the biggest recruit of the class. And, you know, they had Will McDonald, who was the draft pick of the uh, Jets last year. I mean, they had had a good class, but he was – but he didn't start right away. And I think maybe one of the games I did, like maybe week four, week five, they got him in the game. And he was a huge recruit out of uh, Gilbert, Arizona. And once he stepped in there, like, he was the starter for the next four years. So three years plus. He started 47 games. But, like, that's the first time I heard of him. And – yes did it surprise me that he could come in right away and have success right away it did surprise me at the level that he did but i knew that he could play and he played a lot of college football which to me is a good prerequisite
0: to being a good player in the nfl all right so i i want to go through that 2022 draft Yeah, let me hear in just a minute but first i do want to tell you about our sponsors uh factor meal kits listen I don't know about you, but we're all trying to make New Year's resolutions about eating well, all right? That's such an important thing. And this is what Factor will do for you. Factor Meal Kits is these incredible meals delivered right to your doorstep. They're ready in two minutes or less. It's unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about chef inspired. You want vegan, you want veggie, you want, you know, calorie smart, you want protein. I mean, these are chef-approved, chef-inspired, incredible meals that delivered right to your doorstep. So there's no hassles, no messes, nothing. They also have add-ons like lunch items and breakfast items and snacks and cold-pressed juices. I mean, it's tremendous. It's the way to keep your resolution all year long. And by the way, no cleanup. Can you beat that in the ready in two minutes? Boom, you're done, and it's delicious, and you feel great. And you're satisfied factor meal kits right now in fact if you use the code all nfl 50 you get 50 percent off your first order that's right 50 percent off your first order and i do need to tell you about oh my guys these are this is such a fascinating thing we were talking about stuff uh i we i'm a dfs head i i love it so this is why prize picks is just tremendous if you are a geek out like the old NFL show is supposed to be a geek out show right so we're all about that stuff we love it download the prize picks app you're going to have so much fun with this I'm telling you because you're going to look at it and you're going to go more or less like so if I open the app right now and I can play my game and it's just so cool because I can look at it and go all right well Brock Purdy his uh his passing yardage is 299 yards so i can go more or less and then i can combine the picks all right to get a little bit of a nice payout too i mean it's really cool they got nba and nhl and college and and nfl stuff the super bowl stuff like i'm looking at trey young and his uh his he's projected at 22 and a half points so I can go more or less, and then I will put maybe Kyrie or wh- whoever else I want to put match them up with, and you can go different sports together. It's so neat, I'm telling you. You got to check it out. It is uh, the Prize Picks app. Use the code All NFL for your first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's right, All NFL for uh, your first deposit match, and it's so much fun. You're gonna love it. You're a sports fan. This is the coolest. I check it out. Prize picks. Alright, Baldy. Mm-hmm. So, once we get to the 2022 draft. Yes. The rankings. Let me refresh your memory because I went back mm-hmm. and I was doing a bunch of research. Okay. And, and I love looking at because we're we love the draft you yes. and I. We love that stuff like there's certain players and you know, looking at like we, we feel like, you know, we love playing being we'll GF. Draft yeah, I know. I love it. So, here you had. So, this was the ranking mm-hmm. before for the draft. Malik Willis, number one out of Liberty. Yes. You remember? Was, yeah, of course. Obviously. And went
1: to Tennessee. Yep. And uh, way in over his head from the, the level of competition at Liberty to the NFL.
0: And... I mean, a group, terrific athlete. Great and, athlete. Great kid. Yeah. Great kid. But the game is moving way too way, fast. Yep. Sam Howell, okay. all right, was number two yep. out of Carolina. We know with Washington. Well, he started
1: one game his rookie year, the last game of the year. Looked like, and they went with them this year. Started every game, all 17 games. I think he took every snap at quarterback. It might be he might, they might have had somebody in there at the end of a game or two. But he was a very tough kid, most sack quarterback in this league. And I don't know if Sam can or cannot play. I know this: you can't run like deep routes the way Eric Bieniemy did all year long and
0: keep your quarterback upright behind an average offensive line. Yeah, and that's why right now Eric Bieniemy's status mm. is in the uh, fuzzy stage mm-hmm. on the way out. So uh, number three of that draft: Desmond Ritter who we know was uh, an issue in Atlanta.
1: Well, you know, he came out of Cincinnati. He started 51 games, cuz. And he had a lot of experience. And he took his team to the Final Four. Like, nobody thought Cincinnati could play at that level. And then, you know, he he got a chance in Atlanta. And, I mean, there's just some— I mean, I don't know how many times he got benched over the last two years. Got a chance to start his last four games of his rookie year. And this year's— Uh, was benched a few times this year. But it doesn't look like he's got what it takes to be successful long-term in this business. Decision-making, the turnovers, all that
0: kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's what you worry about the most. All right, we're back. Thanks for... Taking in Andrew and the crew over here in Vegas, the All City crew, helping us. We lost a little a bit of a, our internet connection, but we're back. So, uh, we're talking about the 2022 draft and the quarterback rankings. We did Willis, we did Sam Howe. Desmond Ritter yeah. from Cincinnati was ranked third,
1: Baldy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's gotten an opportunity. Um, the end of his rookie season, 2022, he got a chance to play. And then he got a, a big chance to start this year and lead a team that was improved defensively, a lot of good pieces offensively, and quite frankly, he made a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors. You know, untimely errors at the end of games. Um, could not consistently get the ball to the, the group of playmakers that they've been assembling. And usually when you make a mistake at that position, even though he's a fourth-round pick, you make a mistake. Coaches get fired, you know, and so the coach is gone. Uh, there's a new regime coming in right now, and we'll see if if what to see, what direction they go. But I got to believe that they're going to go in a different direction. Yeah. What What's What do you think his downfall is? Uh, you know, like, I think his arm is, is strong enough. He's a good—he's a very good athlete. He runs very well. I know. I, I, and I'm sure to look at him, though. It just comes down to decision-making. Like, how—can he— I mean, he has weapons, too. Yeah, but he's not—he's not—yes, he does. But he's not tremendously accurate no. with the ball. agree. He doesn't throw the ball with great touch. Um, can he make a play when a play isn't there? Doesn't look like that's his forte. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's 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 knocks. You know, is it early? Yeah, it is. It's early. He probably doesn't have. I'm guessing he doesn't have 16 starts. You know, so it's it's early. But sometimes you've seen enough.
0: Well, the other thing too is like you know patience, right? Like patience. Sometimes you just can't afford it. You know, I mean. Look, we talked this year a lot about the quarterback position. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, these quarterbacks that gotten this second chance, this second chance at life because of the rash of injuries. And, you know, there was a lot of success. Yeah, I mean,
1: Baker Mayfield obviously had, you know, as much as you can have after failed stints in Cleveland and Charlotte. But, I mean, I thought in Baker— Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we saw a lot of backup quarterbacks. And, you know, in, in limited— Capacity in Cincinnati, uh, it was pretty limited by how many starts you get. Mm-hmm. You have to make a decision. Like one thing about Brock Purdy, and we'll come back to him, is we saw instant success. Yeah, we saw an instant ability to play the position and to elevate those people around him. Would Brock Purdy be successful if he was the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers? Not as successful, but I think he'd be better than Bryce Young
0: number 4 that year can he pick it now I, you know he's one that I that I liked coming out of Pittsburgh it made sense to me the steelers i'm kind of disappointed now i don't know if you know the there was a coordinator change mm-hmm. you know the in Pittsburgh i mean do you hold out any hope in pickett i do except
1: he was a healthy scratch yep. at the end of the
0: season uh, Which all sometimes are sh- smart because you just go, well, well, let's they, take they, a let, knee for the rest of the year. And well,
1: well, they're just like, ride the hot hand. yeah. And so they did that. And they got to the playoffs with it. Yeah. I mean, I think from the neck up, I think he's very good. I think – but he, he, I saw him week one against San Francisco. He was awful. And he was awful early in the year. I mean, you've got to make certain throws in this league to stay on the field. Third down slants to George Pickens, you got to – you can't throw it behind him. You've got to put it where only he can catch it. And he could not put the ball – in a lot of games this year, where your receivers have to get the ball, and so he, sh- but it's still early. But he's been injured two years in a row now, and so you know, I mean, is is that something that's going to travel with him? Is the frailty, the injuries? Um, he moves good enough. He's got good leadership. I think he can digest offenses. Uh, but he, but but injuries and very inconsistent play has plagued him two years in a row.
0: Speaking of frailty, the next guy that was in our quarterbacks of 2022, I love him. Out of Ole Miss, Matt Corral. And I have to raise my hand because that was a guy of all these quarterbacks. I thought Matt Corral was the only one who had a chance. But, I mean, he was out quick. Uh, well, he got hurt. He got hurt at Mississippi. He got
1: hurt, you know, in Carolina. And he wasn't given much of a chance. I mean, it's you can't, you can't. I loved his arm. I had, he had, he had a live points. arm. He had a very live arm. Um, he had some good days at Ole Miss, uh, but big days. Like he had big days. I think he had a great day against Alabama yeah. one afternoon. Uh, I but, was watching. Uh, you know, like look. The I wouldn't say that. You know, he's he's very frail. Like, he's—I don't know if he's mm-hmm. 200 pounds. But yeah. Some guys can play at that weight. Some guys, you know, um, the, the, the hits add up real quick. I don't know who's going to give him a chance to go compete for a starting job at this
0: point. No, I, I mean, listen, I just think he's got to work his way in and then, you know, being in a situation where the starter gets hurt and he comes in and gets a chance. I mean, I think that's kind of where he's at. Well, we, we, we saw that this year. We're backups, you know, second-team and third-team quarterbacks. got yeah. a great
1: opportunity. New York Giants, you go across the league. A lot of guys got a chance to play this year.
0: Oh, I'm not dumb, though. I know. How about Carson Strong? Yeah. Nevada. Yeah. Car- and you were like a heavy Carson. You remember that draft. As the draft started coming up, first of all, he's got a great name, mm-hmm. Carson Strong. And people were going, oh, he's got kind of a monster arm. The whole thing. He, his knee was really bad. It was it was a ticking time bomb. Yeah, his knee was an issue. He had a issue. big arm. He wasn't and he wasn't mobile. He wasn't mobile, and his his uh, his his head wasn't the best. <laughs> no,
1: I mean he had he had a good trio of receivers. Romeo Dobbs came yeah. off that team. Yeah. Now with the Packers, he had some good receivers there, but yeah, I mean I, I look. You might see Carson Strong resurface in another league, you know, the XFL, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might see something like that, but yeah. I, I, don't think, car, I don't think Carson Strong was ever really made for the NFL. But there was,
0: I remember talking to a GM going, you know, I'm kind of interested in see. But then once they got the medicals, this was, th- this was early in the draft process. So you know how it works, right? Right now, and this is we're going to go because we're geeks. Right, we're going to go heavy, heavy draft stuff with you guys. But one of the things is the process really starts now mm-hmm. where they're diving in. And at this juncture, you know, Guys start to pop off to play, and then mm-hmm. that's why you hear later on their name come mm-hmm. out and the, everything else, because it's not really while the season's going on, people are looking at it. But now this is where a chance these NFL teams are deep diving into every prospect. Right. Now, look, I mean, every team has a, you know,
1: grade on all these kids, yeah. but it's not publicly, it's not yeah. public knowledge. But now with the, you know, the passing of the east Rest Shrine Game, I did the Hula Bowl, I don't the Senior get to, Bowl this want to get to the Saturday. Senior Bowl in a minute. You know, and then you know and then you play the Super Bowl then you start getting ready for the combine you know at the end of February and then you you start getting ready for the pro days and so uh, every step of the way there's more and more information more and more tape being digested more and more analytics being driven some of the process we'll talk to Thomas Dimitrov former uh, GM of the Atlanta Falcons who's and a, in a different sphere right now when it comes to the type of analytics that are coming out there right now. So
0: all that stuff is, is, is stuff that you're going to start hearing about. Uh, and then finally, Bailey Zappi, who mm-hmm. you saw at the end with the Patriots. So those were the quarterbacks that were all ranked ahead of Brock Purdy. Yes. So, I mean,
1: look, you know, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. So now the, in connecting those dots, you're like, how did they miss? Because that's really what you should be asking yourself. If you're any kind of a, uh, you know, if you're any kind of a personnel man, how did we miss? What did we miss? What didn't we see? What do we see now that we should have seen and we didn't? You
0: ready? To take, yeah, go ahead. I have your, I have the weaknesses. Go ahead. This is what they were saying, scouts were saying about Purdy. hmm Pocket setup lacks quickness. Okay. Field blinders occasionally rob him of seeing the big play. Mm, Okay. Delivery is labored. Mm, That's not true. Lacks timing to beat NFL corners outside the numbers. Well, they missed that. I mean, shies away from tight window throws. Well, he he doesn't shy away in the San Francisco offense. Ball needs to come out sooner on deep
1: ball shots. He throws the ball before guys come out of their breaks, so that's not true. Confidence and consistency have been issues. Okay. All right. So, like, obviously, not one of those things stick to what we're watching right uh, now. Not one. But that's then you also have to look at, say, let, let's just look at the Iowa State offense. Like And what you see defensively in the Big 12. So Iowa State has a guy named uh, Coach Haycock. He invented basically this 3-3 double cloud. Yeah. Everybody plays it in the Big 12. Most of college football plays it. So you have three down linemen. You have like these three linebackers. You've got these slot corners and safeties. And everybody kind of plays, and, and it's his own concept. And so everybody's playing to defend the spread. That is prevail. You know, it was prevalent throughout the Big 12. So you don't see, you don't see uh, Brandon Ayu defeating man coverage and separating. You don't see those throws anywhere in the Big 12. You don't see any of the quarterbacks at Texas or Oklahoma. They're, they're none of them are making those. So it's a it's a very different game that you're evaluating with Brock Purdy. But he started 47 games. Like I feel like, honestly, to what you just read, I'm not disputing it. What I'm saying is, I think it's lazy. Hmm. Like, I think it's it's a lazy description of who he is. And I think people put guys in categories, and they've kind of made up their mind about him. And if you're going to knock him, why is the seventh-round pick? Well, these are all the things we're going to say about him. Late with his timing. Doesn't make uh, tight window throws. Like, they're just throwing
0: terms out there, and they're just applying them to him. So, here, here finally, and he was viewed as a priority-free agent. Undraftable, but a priority-free agent. They got that kind of right. Right? Four-year starter who was never able to improve upon a stellar sophomore campaign. Purdy is a burly pocket quarterback who needs a play-action-based offense where he can rely on timing over release quickness and arm strength. He can be a confident passer when he finds his rhythm. Mm-hmm. But throwing is more of a chore than a talent, thanks to a labored release. Certain areas of the field will be off limits as he moves up to take on NFL coverage talent. He's a scrappy runner, but not dynamic enough to make up for his shortcomings as a passer. All right, well, in the NFC Championship
1: game, the biggest game he's ever played in, when they were down 27-7, to he ran three times for 52 yards. And carved up Detroit's defense, full of young players and speed and all that stuff. So, look, you can't—like, the evaluate—look, some of the stuff, play-action passes is what San Francisco does. Uh-huh. Some of the stuff, I don't Some see. of the stuff is there. Some of the stuff is legit. Like, I'm not here to, like, just shoot that all down. Um, but, you know, look, it, there was a reason why he was a seventh-round pick, for some of those reasons. And—but— there's a reason why Kurt Warner wasn't drafted. You know? I know. It's, it's so amazing. But, you know, think about it. So, like, there's a soundbite out there right now from the president of the San Francisco 49ers, Jed York. And Jed York came out and said that Kyle Shanahan told him um, early in his rookie campaign that he thought that Brock Purdy could be his best quarterback. Now, he had just invented uh, invested heavily in Trey Lance. Yeah. They had brought Jimmy Garoppolo back at a pretty big dollar amount. And here's Kyle Shanahan telling the the owner that I believe Jed York. Our number three. Yeah, might be their best quarterback. Now, I remember in 1998, coming back from NFL Europe, and I did a St. Louis Rams game. Dick Vermeule was the head coach. And I remember asking Dick Vermeule after our our production meeting. Yeah. About Kurt Warner. Bolger. That was, uh, of course, Bolger's time, right? They had Mark Mark Bolger. They had Bono. um, You know, that played at BYU. So I remember asking, well, they, no, they had, uh, they had uh, Green, uh, Trent Green. Ke- Trent Green was there. Yeah. Bulger, uh, I think, had already uh, come and gone at that point, or he, he hadn't come yet. Yeah. From West Virginia. Trent Anyways, Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Trent Green was there, and he was a starter. And I remember Dick saying about Kurt Warner to me, Baldy, he's he's going to be he's going to make the team. He's third on our depth chart, but I think he's our second best quarterback right now. Like Dick knew that there was something to Kurt.
0: Isn't it interesting, like, guys, certain guys, like, you know, Shanahan knows, he sees it. He goes, you know, and look, when Russell Wilson was in Seattle, mm-hmm. they realized that Russell, well, they had just invested heavily into which from Green Bay, the backup. Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. And they went, man, this guy's better. They knew in the first 10 days that Russell Wilson was
1: a starter. He was a four-year player at North Carolina State. He wanted to play baseball. They wouldn't let him. He went to Wisconsin because they let him play baseball and football. He was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. So um, he wanted a place where he could play. But as soon as he got to Wisconsin, they first of all they won the Rose Bowl. He became the captain of the team. He had leadership ability. So he came in and within ten days, in, in as a rookie and third round pick. Like, he basically won the job. But, like, you just think about this. Like, does anybody—did anybody have more success in this business than John Elway? Was there ever a bigger prospect? Like, John Elway, as the GM of the Denver Broncos, couldn't get the quarterback situation triggered out. You think Brock Osweiler, the guys they drafted brought in, they couldn't get that thing right. No until they got Peyton Manning,
0: you know, at the very end of his career. They couldn't get it right. It's incredible, man, like the quarterbacks. And you and I were talking about this before the, the, the show today, and it's pertinent now in this conversation. We were like, you know, we're going through the coaches, and we're saying, I st- we still can't believe that Belichick doesn't have a job. Right? We were talking about Brian Callahan, and we'll get more into him with Tennessee. We were talking about, like, can you believe that Belichick doesn't have a job? And there's, there was a story; it was really interesting, out of Boston about how Belichick's one Achilles' heel was recognizing quarterback mm-hmm. play, yeah, and that he was one for twelve in his quarterbacks. And the only and they made the case that even Brady was a stroke of good luck, yeah. good fortune. Otherwise, that was his Achilles' heel. Well, I mean, Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance.
1: Trey Lance might never, ever become a starting quarterback in this league. They made two trades to get to number three to draft him. So, I mean, everybody makes these mistakes. And, look, when you make a mistake at that position, it basically haunts you until the point where a lot of guys, like Bill Belichick, when you draft Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, like, you can't bail yourself out after all the success he's had. Like, every time you miss on a quarterback, let's just say Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, Like, you—like, we'll see if Tomlin survives. But, like, he might not survive if Kenny Pickett can't play. And you bring in Mitch Trubisky, who struggled when he got his chance. And Mason Rudolph, you know, kind of rescued him at the end of the season. But if you can't get that position right, Brian Dable in New York. Like, if Daniel Jones can't work out, like, it might—it costs everybody their jobs in this business. You
0: saw Matt Rule in, in Carolina not getting the position right yeah and it, well, we, not even, we know that we know that coach and not even have a chance at it yeah you know I mean that's the other aspect of it like it's so quick like you got to hope that you have instapot success right like it's got to be ready like well I mean
1: look if Dan Campbell didn't get the pick the, the, the decision right to get Jared Goff like he might be gone right now yeah but Jared Goff stepped in and played
0: yes. like a you know a top-flight yes. quarterback. Yeah, for him. Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. All right, let's take a uh, let's change gears just for a moment because we were here in Vegas, right? And, and I'm looking up because we see Purdy and we see Mahomes, and tomorrow we're to get to kind of what happened with Mahomes and the story behind Mahomes, which is fascinating. We'll, we're going to look at Andy Reid. We're going to go deep, deep into this whole thing. But we still talked about Vegas as. The headquarters. I'm still shocked that we're here. So we have with us the uh, the head of True Fan Travel, Mm -hmm. our man Vince Rizzuto, and uh, he's a travel expert. You're the travel dog, Mm -hmm. and g -G, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I want to get into this a little bit as far as the destinations, and you know, fans out there like. You, football travel has become a huge thing. I, I love it. Like it's a great way to go with your buddies, like your childhood They're gonna friends. They're going to play a
1: game in São Paulo, Brazil next year. Yeah, people are going. I haven't just they, you know they haven't announced the teams that are going, but there's going to be a big following going
0: to São Paulo. Well, I think v- Vince, are you there? Hello, Vince. Do we got him? Yo, Vince. Now it's your turn. Hey, can you? Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, we got you. Now, Baldy just brought up football in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Now, tell him that he's going to be there with True Fan Travel.
2: Baldy, man, I hope we get to meet before that moment. But, yes, we're going to be in Brazil together. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's
1: do it, Vince. (laughs) To the bone, to the bone, to the bone. I'm brushing up on my uh, Portuguese right now.
2: (laughs) My my brother and I always talked about how we were going to go to Brazil for the World Cup. Uh, and we were going to be millionaires at that point and we were we were not so hopefully at this point we'll be able to party together.
1: Well Vince I was I was in Brazil for the World Cup. I remember seeing I was going to uh, Monica, Monica, Monica Stadium for uh, Colombia and France and uh, that was uh, that was great. saw a couple matches there in Brazil. Uh, that was the biggest party I've seen in the world to this day in my life maybe maybe the Grand Prix of Monaco is pretty good but that 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 World Cup in Brazil was awesome Vince
2: we'd love to kind of get your experience from that trip and build it into what we can provide for the fans sure that's the beauty of what we do every day is it's about you know traveling as a community um, exploring other cities and other countries and celebrating our fandom Um, And Anthony knows, he he was on a trip with us in 2019, so he was there right from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I I love it. To me, it's a great way for fans to be together and build memories and see the world, man. One of the things that, you know, Boldy and I, we we talked about at the beginning of the show, we love travel, experiencing other cultures, and seeing it, and when you marry, traveling and sports, it's the greatest thing in the world. So, Vin, let me throw this at both you guys. Vegas is a huge story and this is why it's Monday here you know we'll dive deeper into the game into the sport but today is really for Vegas to start to flex and we come here and it's rain swept but man the lights are still shining in Las Vegas Hmm? is is Vegas the kind of a perfect spot should it be always the perfect venue or the venue of the Super Bowl Well,
1: I mean, it has, like, this convention, it's the biggest convention center in the world. Okay? I mean, nobody has more conventions. Nobody attracts more people throughout the year than Las Vegas. They know they're built for it. They've expanded the airport. It's convenient. You can walk down Las Vegas Boulevard, and you can hit, you know, 12 of the best hotel casinos in the whole world um, on, on every different level. So it is a great place for something this size that has grown this big. There's really no other city. I mean, New Orleans is really good. and But this is, like, the perfect spot if you want to play, if you want to go golfing, if you want shows, if you want entertainment. I mean, this is— Well, spectacle. If You want spectacle. You want all that. Vince, I mean, it's the biggest entertainment city the world has ever seen and will ever know. Yeah. When, when, I, when the Philadelphia Eagles—
2: when the Philadelphia Eagles like we found out that we were playing in Vegas in 2021, the fans went crazy. We we filled a charter flight, we hired John Dorenboss and we did a private magic show <laughs> at Luxor, uh Daylight Beach Club, Tailgate Party. It was an incredible trip. And I think the fans just love coming here. So it's really a special place for fans to, to see their team play. Um, and now you see all the leagues and all the new teams that are are, are sprouting up here. It, it's going to be really a great spot, you know, moving forward. I, and I hope, I hope that maybe Vegas gets more of them, but we have New Orleans next year. I kind of yeah. like the rotation and just having different experiences. Yeah, I, I was going
0: to bring that up, too, because because I hear a lot of people saying that, you know, Vegas should be the permanent site of the Super Bowl. I, I love New Orleans. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is one of the – because New Orleans is probably – The the one American city that doesn't feel entirely American. Mm -hmm. It's like so unique, Mm -hmm. right? The whole Creole vibe to it, French Creole, like Indian. Yeah, it's it's so. Bayou, life on the bayou. It's so different. Food. It's so interesting.
2: Like I I love New Orleans. How how do you how do you see it, man? I mean, I, th- I think New Orleans is a better city when you're trying to experience the culture and the food. It's got its unique, um, you know, uniqueness about it. Uh, so I think that's, that's a place that you just have to go to as a fan, like at least once. Um, the fans there, if we're talking NFL, are very, it's a hostile environment uh, for sure. I remember being there for that, for the Nick Foles game a couple years back. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, but when, the, the cool thing that we get to see, and we've seen it a lot from the Philadelphia fan base, but there's tons of fan bases that do this, and we're going to be serving more and more fan bases as as our company grows, but to take over a stadium or to take over a city with your, with your brothers and sisters is right. just really special, and I think... Uh, both cities, Vegas and New Orleans, you can expect us to have three or four trips there to each city. this So
0: this who are fan season. bases that take over the cities, right? I know you talked about the Eagles, but you Pittsburgh. Got St- Steel- I was going to say, yes, yeah, Steelers, Steelers, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> Buffalo. Bills are, like, we swatched them. How about Kansas City, right? Chiefs Kingdom? Yeah. I mean, Chiefs and 49ers, you're looking at two of them that are going to be in Vegas. This the Niners, I mean, they're, they're, Niners have great fans, like passionate
0: Really strong fans.
2: fans. I see more and more teams,
1: Vince. I see more and more teams, This this travel thing with the teams is really growing. Like I see my like Miami. I never thought Miami Dolphins had a great fan base, but I see Miami Dolphin fans traveling now. Uh, I think it's becoming like a real thing to do like okay let's let's extend our vacation time let's do it around football let's support our team in these different stadiums let's show them like it's almost like uh we'll prove to you how strong our fan base is by we'll buy these StubHub tickets you know we'll get our we're, we're going to invade your territory i mean when the 49ers come to SoFi Stadium and play the Rams or the Chargers they take over the whole stadium yeah. like it's it's almost like it's uh It's such such a point of pride right now in some of these fan bases.
2: I think so too. It's almost like a competition, um, and it's changing like even the Vegas odds sometimes of home field advantage. It's redefining that. It's really interesting trend. Um, You know, we're we're partnered with the Philadelphia Union, and one of the owners told me, Vince, what you're creating, uh, what True Fan Travel is, is you know you are traveling with a purpose, right? Um, you're 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 getting excited for an event like a wedding or uh, you know a bachelor party, and as soon as that schedule release comes out, you're circling it on your calendar. You're calling your friends and your family. You're you're canceling uh, other plans. You're taking off time from work. So it's really becoming a destination, uh, a, a something that people look forward to all year, and then it becomes a tradition. You know.
0: Well, and then the, the emergence of other fan bases mm-hmm. like Detroit, mm-hmm. like as, as other teams get good, yeah. right? Like the more excitement filters in, it's like, yeah, let's go road trip, Vegas, baby. You know, yeah. like that's the that's where it all starts from.
1: Now, I mean, look, as a, as a rookie, I played the NFC Championship game in Washington as a member of the Cowboys, and I remember going to RFK Stadium, and I didn't think a fan base could disrupt a hotel more than they disrupted our hotel the uh-huh. night before that game. Now we lost that game that championship game that day but that the, the Cowboys like that nation was inside that stadium and it was I mean it was you know it's a championship game atmosphere to begin with but then like seeing the the, the fan the Cowboy fans travel into Washington that was that opened my eyes back in 1982 and now it's, it's grown just tremendously around this league. All right,
0: uh, real quick, Vince, last thing for you. and You're going to be uh, popping in to talk because we're going to talk a lot of, of uh, football and sports travel. Let me ask you, if your people are coming to Vegas for the scene or for the game, uh, what do they have to do? And, like, where are the parties?
2: So we have one big party on Sunday. I know there's a million parties throughout the week. But Sundays, the parties at Daylight Beach Club. It's all inclusive, all you can eat and drink. It's a tailgate and a watch party, so it's really one of the best venues right there at Mandalay Bay. So that's all hey, you got to do. TrueFanTravel.com, and you can, you can even book a cabana. It's gonna be fun.
0: See, but Baldy's a cabana man. Yeah. No, I mean, if I was here on Sunday, I would come. He's a he's definitely a cabana guy. Uh, anything, Will you
2: guys being down Friday? Yes. I'll come. On, I'll come see you guys in person on Friday. Yeah.
0: We're right here, right in the media center, Vince. It's not hard to find. Okay. Yeah, it's it's and Baldy. Just look for the crowd of people surrounding Baldy. It's uh, it's <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, Vince, good well, stuff, buddy, and uh, we appreciate it. Any any one recommendation to do here in Vegas, other than your Mandalay Bay, y- Bay Party? What would you say?
2: Yellowtail. Go to Yellowtail uh, Sushi. It's the best in the whole in the all whole right. of Vegas.
1: All right. You got it. Yo, and, and any any got uh out. you have any ins, Vince, on uh, the U two concert Friday night at the Sphere? <laughs>
2: I'll look for you Baldy I don't All have right. one right now but okay. I, you know I, I haven't worked uh, too hard lately so I'll get okay. my, my team master yeah, hook, right. yeah.
0: hook, hook up Baldy <laughs> with the U2 squad uh, good right. stuff my brother we appreciate it Vince Rizzuto's true fan travel Oh, he's a lot of fun San Paolo we're going to get Let's we're gonna, go. we're going to go to San Paolo. All right. Uh, odds and ends it's time for some odds and ends stuff that I want to cover with you uh You were just fresh off the senior Mm ball. Who popped? Anybody pop out? What did you hear? Mm -hmm. You know, what are we we thinking? Because you did the game.
1: Yeah, I thought uh, thought some of the quarterbacks played pretty good. Gus Bradley's son, uh, the quarterback, uh, South Alabama, I thought he played really well. I thought uh, Jack Plummer played good. There were some really good defensive players. Braden Fisk from Florida State, a defensive tackle. Uh, Cedric Gray. Um, maybe the number one prospect at linebacker. Uh, really, yeah, he's, a good good. Boy. he's a good player. Well, I mean, you know, there's teams out there. Yeah. We saw some of them get bounced out of the playoffs that are in need of linebackers. He, he was, I think he had six solo tackles, a couple passes defense. Out of North Carolina, Cedric Gray looked really, really good to me. Um, you know, this lad McConkey from Georgia yeah. is a good route runner. He just. Uh, this kid from Missouri is really an interesting, prize, he's a defensive end, Darius Robinson. Um, he's, uh, he, he wore number six at Missouri, uh, played in that 3-3 system, but he had a, he had a good year, but he, I thought he had a really good week. Um, I thought there was a lot of good defensive players, some good corners uh, coming out of the senior bowl.
0: So I thought there was a lot to like about what we saw in Mobile. You bring up McConkie. I like him a lot. now. He's interesting because he they had an array of weapons at Georgia, mm-hmm. right? And he kind of sometimes he was hurt a little bit this season. Yes, he did. Uh, he had some injuries. But he kind of gets he kind of got lost a little bit. Yeah, but you go back
1: to those championship games, back to back championships and undefeated. Like he was a big part. He was of their
0: success. And I'm thinking that there's value there. There's value. Like I I see value with Lad McConkey. Well, I, I mean, think look, you get a little last bit last year a value play there. Last year.
1: The value play was Puka Nakua.
0: Yes. yes. I, he was
1: a fifth-round pick out yes. of BYU. Yes. Yes. And we also saw what Puka did this yes. year. Yes. And so yes. the team, like, and that's kind of where Ladd is, like, somewhere. I, it's early. But he seems to me, uh, looks like he could be that fourth or fifth-round type pick. We saw Cooper Cup years ago, third-round pick at a, I, I think it was Central Washington. I mean, come on and do it. So it's about these guys that really understand the craft like, understand route running. Yeah. Had they developed his route runners, and he looks like he's that kind of mode. And he, and he, and you know what? He runs strong. He does. You're exactly right. He runs through contact,
0: and, uh, you know, people try to get his hands on him and stuff. Like, he can run through all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I like him. That's a that's good. Uh, some NFL news. So, a, a great story is Brian Callahan. We mentioned him earlier with the new head coach of the Titans. He, Hires his dad, Bill Callahan, Mm -hmm. the you know legendary O line coach, and you know the whole thing with the Raiders, back in the day. You Remember the whole thing? Well, I mean, look, he did
1: start with the Raiders. I mean, Mike uh, Jim Harbaugh's first job was with Bill Callahan with the Raiders back in 2002. Mike Lombardi was the general manager back then, putting that together. My dear friend Lincoln Kennedy was uh, Lincoln was playing the right tackle, right tackle. Yep. Uh, But you know, when you look at The situation right now of uh, Callahan, to be able to get his dad out of Cleveland, where he'd done a remarkable job coaching the offensive line, it's a great get. It's a great get. I think the offense will change. Brian, you know, obviously he had Joe Burrow. He had some elite receivers. But I think Tennessee's offense is going to change. And they really struggled to put an offensive line together and keep a line together over the last couple of years. Peter Skoransky was the first round pick this year. Like he's a lock. He's like he's a chess piece there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jalen Duncan, the fifth round pick out of Maryland, gets developed. But Bill Callahan knows how to develop players and knows how to develop a group, and they
0: need both those in Tennessee. Yeah, it's, it's, I think Kevin Stefanski said, "Hey, you know." I'm going to do you a solid, you know, Kevin, whose dad is an NBA. Stefanski, yeah. Right, right, General manager in you the know. NBA
1: with the Nets and the
0: you know, Eddie 76ers. Ste- Eddie Stefanski. Eddie, Eddie Stefanski. All, all, all forever, right? So, I think Kevin, anyway, you know what? We'll I'll let you guys be together. I think that's really cool. Yeah, we made other changes.
1: Fired his running back coach, Stump Mitchell. Yeah.
0: He's made changes to the offense.
1: So, you know, they're, they're undergoing changes. But I think. Getting Brian and Bill is going to be a good story. And I know how well-respected Bill Callahan is around the league. And wherever he goes, whether it's the Jets, the Cowboys,
0: Washington, wherever he goes, the offense line improves. And uh, speaking of Cleveland, Ken Dorsey is the new O.C. introduced today in Cleveland. Well, I
1: think Kevin will still be the play caller. Yep. But you still need somebody to stand up in front of the room and do the installations, and he's got experience, obviously, in Buffalo in that department, taking over for Brian Dable. So, I mean, it's still going to be, I think, Kevin's offense. Yep. But it's a good spot. They, They need that position filled. Yep.
0: All right. Day one, Vegas, baby. Uh, tomorrow we dive deeper into the game itself and all the stuff and all the hype. We will be knee deep in some hype as the day goes on. Today's the lightest of the days. Mm-hmm, by far. Super Monday.
1: Yeah, but we got to, like, you know, this, this was an easy day. Yeah. Uh, easy getting around. It's, it, each day it's going to get busier
0: and busier, louder yeah. and louder, and the buzz will pick up. Uh, it'll be great. Well, we'll be here to cover it for you. Thanks for hanging. Don't forget. Hit that subscribe button right there, man. You get Baldy and I right in your inbox every day. We love it. Live from Las Vegas. Maybe go we'll have a stage. few stories about tonight to talk about tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. There he is. Blow it up. That's it. Uh, thanks for hanging, everybody. We love you guys. Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow. Super Week continues.
2: We all like the mayor.